The following is a paid presentation. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the staff and management of Shiawassee Radio. This is your cell. This is your bunk. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio, live from the Cofield Oil and Propane Studios. Here's attorney Bill Amadeo. We are live. I gotta tell you, Gemma, with this hoodie on, I think I should be on America's Most Wanted. I am. Bill Amadeo from Madison Amadeo, Grable and Associates, and the Shiawassee Six. Six! We're going to talk about clicks throughout the years. I am Dragon Ass. Have you ever, like, had so many cases when you just lose it? They completely lost it. Oh, my glass were off. I look intelligent. Sorry. Anyway, better? Where's the football? So you have these cases after case after case, and you are just dragging ass. And you hit the wall. And you have to do more content. Because Josh Strickland and Shiawassee Radio needs more content. And the live audience needs to be entertained. Never stops, right? No. All right. So tonight, we're going to talk about clips. The socialization of clicks throughout the years from my youth at St. James to the courtroom amazing people studying we'll talk about that we're going to talk about Screech Dustin Diamond may he rest in peace we're going to discuss a recent article that Josh Champlain wrote about what Tom Mankey said to Emily Olsen so I was exhausted the other night and what I do, guys, I'm laying in bed, and I start researching on my phone. As I'm researching on my phone, we're sitting there, and I can't stop thinking of case after case after case. You know what my mind does, what's messed up? Let me tell you. Because my audience wants to know. Yep. I'll be on this one case... And I'll be saying, okay, I got this, I got this, and then I relax for a minute. Then I'll drink water, and I'll move on to another case. And it's like the brain doesn't shut down. It's exact. It is exhausting, man. Sometimes I wish I was normal. But as we'll learn, like the guy Matt talked about the varsity jacket. Sometimes being normal sucks. Let's talk about Dustin Diamond. Let's talk about Screech. Who remembers Say by the Bell when they were a kid? <laughs> we all watch Saved by the Bell, right? Did we ever really enjoy Saved by the Bell? But it went to syndication, and we were we would watch it after school or whatever, and it would come on. And you know, you had your six main characters. There was Zach, the California blonde kid. There's Slater, the athlete. There's Kelly, the homecoming queen. There's Jesse, the dancer, tall girl. There's Lisa Turtle. And then there's poor Screech. So you have two good-looking guys, three good-looking girls, and this poor outcast. And Screech was younger than them. So he was behind them in school. And poor Screech, he was made to be the geek of this cast. And as these actors went on to other things, Screech stayed on Say by the Bell. 
he was on Saved by the Bell, the college years. For so many years. What's that? The new, class. the new class he was on. I mean, this poor bastard, he never left the character. And then when he left, finally, when Saved by the Bell was all over, what'd he do? He made porn. You know, and the joke earlier was, there were many people from our childhood who wanted to see naked, but Screech wasn't one of them. Poor Screech. And he made this porn, and then he was on Celebrity Fit Club, and then he started doing stand-up comedy. And it was a disaster. And here's the thing about Dustin Diamond. Dustin Diamond was a talented guy. Screech never got to evolve beyond what Screech was. And this poor guy dies at 44. He's in bad shape financially. He did this whole scheme to save his house when his mortgage got foreclosed on. I mean, this guy had a shit life, actually. You know, like, they talk about you were the star in high school or you were that great child actor that got laid and all this other stuff. This poor guy was a, he was a walking punchline. Because everybody wanted to be Zack or Slater. Nobody wanted to be Screech. But in reality, let's be real. Screech was the one most people could relate to. I always said this, and I, I followed Dustin Diamond carefully. So I always liked him. I always felt bad for him. And I always felt like, here's this talent that gets overlooked. And all he wanted to do when all those dudes saved by the bells was just get a steady paycheck. That's it. Want to get paid. Ended up doing some jail time for the incident in Christmas with his girlfriend when he pulled a knife on somebody to attack them. His lawyer must have not been great. There was a self-defense claim, but I mean, we know certain counties that won't work. Wow. <laughs> Screech is not a prosecutor. He's dead before that. Anyway. This poor bastard, dude. And we're sitting here looking at him, right? And it's like... I always said there's these three categories. There's the sex appeal, right? And we all strive to be in that sex appeal. So we want to be good looking. Want to be beloved. Blah, blah, blah. Then there's the brains. These are the people that, you know, they may not have the sex appeal of, like, the bodybuilder types, but... They turn people on with their intellect. And then there's just the work ethic guy. The work ethic guy, he's the one who just wants to bust his ass and put in so many hours and work hard. And uh, he longs to be in the brains because he thinks the brains are where it's at. And the brains think the looks are where it's at. And here what's always been different about me. I chose... To be in that work ethic group. I could easily hang in the other two. But I chose to be in that group. To kind of piss off the other two groups. But the goal was. When in that group right. I wanted to. Bring the people in the group at me. To stick it up the ass of the other two groups. Like hey guys. Let's go do this shit. But the problem was. Your self esteem with most of them in that group. Was shit. You know. They thought this is where we belong. You know why they thought that way? Because the guy clicks. Somebody wrote this script. You belong here, and you belong here, and you belong here. It's all bullshit. 
I mean, it takes strong, a really strong mental outlook to say, I don't need to be in this cast system. And the sad part about Dustin Diamond, he got put in this cast system for life. When Saved by the Bell was over, he didn't go on to bigger things. He was typecast as Screech. He wasn't hooking up with hot girls in Hollywood and living off investments he made. He was broke and making these weird porns. And he always probably longed to be Zack or Slater. Now, the reality is this. Zack is like the wealthy kid that never had a hard day in his life. So one day, Zack's going to end up like in a drug rehab or something in the real world. Chris Parts days will be what happens to these clicks after. Slater is going to be the guy wearing his varsity leather jacket around the neighborhood when he's 40. Screech could have been the one that was like this amazing writer and talent and worked out and cultivated his looks and did all that, but he didn't. He fell into that typecast and he lived this sad, sad life. He dies at 44. When they did reunions for Say by the Bell, even though he was the one that was in it the entire time, he wasn't invited to be in it. He didn't get to be in People Magazine. He didn't get to go on Letterman. I mean, this poor guy, not only was he an outcast portrayed on the show, he became an outcast later in life. And I wish I was friends with Screech. Because the Screech of the world, I'd be like, you know what, dude? Hey. Come on, I got you. Let's go kick some ass. Let's stick it up their ass. You know, why don't we do this as a team? And here's this poor bastard. And if you watch the dark side of comedy, if you watch it, the Dustin Diamond dark side of comedy, study it. They did a hell of a job on it. But they break things down really well. I mean, it it's exposing what clicks are. It made me think. Clicks throughout the years. So since people are so interested in my life, and when I talk shit about people, and I don't think I talk shit, I think I just speak the truth, right? Yeah. That's frustrating to people. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about clicks throughout the years. And this is an homage to our friend Dustin Diamond. May he rest in peace. But Dustin, I want you to know, there are some kids out there you influenced, and you did make a difference in this world. At St. James in Grammar School, that was an interesting place. It was really unique in the fact of, you start learning socialization in grammar school, right? That's where it all starts. And we start this theory of who is the it crowd, who's going to be the ones, you know, and there were the rich kids. What we learned about the rich kids, these were the Zacks, right? What we learned about them was they really didn't have the money they professed. Mommy, daddy, like three mortgages, but they had to get a $200 haircut to feel good about themselves. They would end up with a lot of narcotics. Drugs was their thing. Then you had this clique where religion was actually a cool thing. Imagine this now, right? The father of Sullivan's of the world, who, by the way, ends up 
going down for child molestation years later. But he was the dominant force at St. James. And this is where the altar boys were like, you're an altar boy, you're something special. I wasn't old when I wasn't in that special clique because I was in clique three, the Outsiders. And the Outsiders were the ones that took the bus from Atlantic City to go deal with the bullshit at St. James. And at St. James, it was about wealth, religion, and that miscellaneous group. And the ones that have really evolved into something that people like to study on Google... We were the ones in that miscellaneous group. But when you think of the, you know, the Zach, the Slater, and the Screech thing, from perspectives, I was clearly Screech in that miscellaneous group. You know what always pisses me about Say by the Bell, too? So, Zach got Kelly. Slater got Jesse. Lisa dated different guys. Who did Screech get? Why did they have, like, the hot academic girl who was really intrigued by Screech? Like, the one, you know, she's got the glasses, the turtleneck on, and she's just as hot as Kelly, but she doesn't know she's hot. Violet. Violet. Yeah, that, that, that didn't count. It was temporary. Okay. They didn't make her a regular character. Okay. Why weren't they having Screech socialized the way the other ones were? AC high, things were different because now we learned that cliques were going to be isolated based upon geography. Because geography became socioeconomics. Who were the wealthy kids? Who were the poor kids? Where did the black kids fit? Where did the Spanish kids fit? Where did the Jewish kids fit? When I hear Alexi High is a melting pot, that is so goddamn comical. Back then, I mean, yeah, there were people from different cities, but the classes were pretty segregated. So, Margate, you had these assholes that had wealth, you know, and they always had their classes together and they hooked up with each other and they had their little cliques. They rode on the crew team and they smoked pot and it was funny. When they got caught smoking pot, it was like, oh, that's Timmy just sowing his wild oats. But when the Atlantic City kid got caught with pot, they were going to Harbor Fields for juvenile detention. The Margate kids, if you ever need a good laugh, check out some of them on Facebook today. It's really, man, I hope those four years stick with you guys because most of you don't have to fall back on. The Ventnor kids, they tried to wear designer clothing, but they weren't as wealthy as the Margate kids. You know, so they were like Margate wannabes, if you would. They would hook up and screw each other, the Ventnor and Margate kids, but we are the down shore kids. And then there was the Atlantic City kids. Let me help you out with that one, because this is where we lived. AC. The only thing that's fun as being white and growing up in Atlantic City in the 90s would be a root canal. It was not a good time. Because in the city, there was his own set of cliques. There were the gangbangers that were hooking up with underage girls. There were the young drug dealers or runners that were offsprings of the gangbangers. There were the athletes. Um, 
and there was everybody else, the casino workers and the nobodies. My family were casino workers. So in a C, what started to happen in the 90s was the Margate girls and the Ventnor girls would come to AC to screw the black and Spanish guys in the hood. And this was a very interesting thing for me at the time because I can't even afford to take a bus to Margate and now the girls you like are screwing the guys in the hood and you're not cool enough because you're a white kid there. So you were inferior to the black kids and the wealthy kids, which made for an interesting dynamic. And the Brigantine kids, they kind of had their own thing. Brigantine was not as wealthy as Ventnor or Margate. They kind of stuck to themselves. I guess white trash would be the way to call Brigantine, but they, like, embraced white trash. And, you know, so many of the high school kids brag about things they accomplished. Why was it, and we were told about this before the video started, I'm back home in 2020, and why I made a trip back home is bizarre. Like, of all the places to go, I went to Atlantic City. It's like saying, I really want to get away from the cold in winter of Michigan, so let's go to the North Pole. What? No. Let's not go to Iceland if we want warm weather. But I go back to AC, right? And I'm at a gas station. And then it legs at the gas station, as you may know. You can't pump your own gas. It's a misdemeanor in Jersey to pump your own gas. Can't do it. So I'm getting my gas. There's this guy I went to high school with. He's pumping my gas. And I never liked him. He never liked me. And he's sitting there, pumping the gas, wearing his varsity leather jacket. And it was weird because as this guy's pumping my gas, he says to me, oh, 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 I heard about you, what you're doing out in Michigan, blah, blah, blah. He goes, but you never made varsity, did you? It's like, holy shit, dude. That is sustaining this poor bastard. So if there's one thing I'm against Facebook, and Facebook's made us money, guys, attention, thank you, social media, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if you get charged with murder and you want a hardworking, crazy person, you know they freaking call me, right? Let's be real. If your life was on the line, who would you call as your defense lawyer? You. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, thank you. I mean, I'm telling you, back in Jersey, holy shit, if you played varsity football in the mid-90s, that still carries more weight than winning a murder case. Shocking. Dude was still wearing his varsity letter jacket. It's because this bullshit click stuff where he still, he'll get laid still by going there. The other idiot, there weren't many white kids in my neighborhood, right? We were few and far in between. But the white ones that were there, oh yeah, they were Italian. <laughs> we were, you know. <laughs> the few Italians that were left, I still see this one kid on Facebook with this giant Italian flag waving it around as if he just won the World Cup or something. And I'm like, dude, at some point, it went wrong, right? Not for him. I tell you what, not for him. He's he loved it. he's not prepping for a trial on Saturday night. He's hanging out with girls from high school. They're in their forties, waving the Italian flag, smoking weed, drinking beer, having the time of their life. My God.
Freaking Carl Smolin. That guy just counselor. Told me I was never going to make anything in my life. So I ended up like getting all this education sticking up his ass. If he would have just shut the hell up, I probably would have been a sports writer, bartending on the weekends, having a nice life in Jersey. I would have had those things. Every bit of success been because some ass told me I couldn't do it. They would have just said, hey, go be a writer. Yeah. Maybe a lot more people in prison, but you know. Ay, ay, ay. So in the ACC, that was community college. Whole different ball of wax now. At ACC, you had the failed athlete who wasn't good enough to play at Division One, Two, II, or Three, but he was still living off his high school fame. Then you had the casino workers, and I worked in the casino. That was a whole different animal, man. People were going to frat parties, other people were going to casino parties. I was going to no parties at the time. But I'm going to tell you, the casino workers going to community college, they were bitter because they had to get up early to go to school. They party with themselves. And then there were the college dropouts. No, they wouldn't let them study on the job. I once took a bid working kitchen service south at Tropicana, which was the bullshit shift, midnight to eight, just so I could study and get paid for the family. What's going on? The dropouts. These were the kids that went to Rutgers and Seton Hall and failed after their first term. And they come back and they're telling these stories. Oh, you should have seen the frat parties at Rutgers. Well, you went to too many, obviously. Because <laughs> you got kicked the hell out. <laughs> and for some of them, it was the best three months of their life. Oh, my God. Stockton was different. Because now Stockton, you're at your four-year school, right? Now you had your D3 athletes that were good enough to play in college, but not going to do anything else. So they had the jersey chasers. And by the way, ladies out there, if you're going to chase a jersey and you're hanging out with guys at Division three schools, you are fishing in the wrong pool. Go to a D1 school if you want to marry an athlete. Good luck with that. I hear you. And then at Stockton, there were the rockers. These were the guys that were actually in bands. Jeff Cornell was a great musician, by the way. They had a different outlook on things. Music was their first passion, and academics, they figured they had to do that, but they were actually a talented lot. They're not the intellectuals. I fell into this group somehow. I'd be the one at the all-night study sessions. Because I figured it's either this... Or I'm hanging out with the Italian flag guy the rest of my life, right? Who, by the way, seems happier than us sometimes. I'm working on competency motions. What are you doing tonight? I'm drinking beer, watching a game. Ha ha. Hey, and then the stoners. These were the ones that were in college forever. This was the 35-year-old guy taking one class. And hanging in the computer lab. <laughs> and Mike, you didn't graduate yet? Well, one day. One day. What are you taking this term? I got a two-credit class in ballroom dancing. They all hung together. Hey. Tropicana is where shit got real. 
Because at Tropicana, man, whoa. I'm not in law school yet, and I'm pissed off about it. So I'm doing my union thing. We had the union groupies. These were females that looked up to guys in union politics. I swear to you, Atlantic City is the only place where a guy like Bob McDevitt could get laid. Think of your cocaine dealers. This was the guy that worked part-time as a liquor room attendant, was dealing coke to everybody. Then your part-timers. I think reality hit for me one day when I was at a union meeting. And this cocktail waitress, who I was cool with, I thought, came up to me. And she starts screaming at me, The breaker bartenders get eight hours for six hours of work, but yet we don't get six hours for three hours of work. And this is why we're screwed up, and I blame your ass for this. And she put her finger in my face and walked away. Now, let me explain something, because I respect organized labor. And I understand, in her world, she was cool. Where in life do we get to get paid eight hours without doing eight hours of work? My God. And finally, you make it to law school. Oh, this is where the geeks finally got to be cool, they thought, right? Now, first of all, if you went to Cooley, your LSAT sucked. Let's just start with that. Nobody, Cooley was not the first choice for anybody. I think like 86 schools turned me down. How many were waitlisted? We want you, sir, if Timmy doesn't take it. Timmy, who, you know, is... Where he's a paralegal somewhere in Jersey right now. Um, yeah, you're wannabe intellectuals, right? These were the people on Law Review, and they used to get these awards at the banquets at the end of the term. Congratulations to Chris! Yeah, another book award. What you could do with a Cooley Book Award for five dollars, you could maybe get a Starbucks coffee and wipe your ass with it. Then there were the grinders. Here we go back to those three categories. These were the ones working till two o'clock in the morning, realizing if I don't master multiple choice, I'm gonna be sitting for the bar. If I can't sit for the bar, I can't go to become a lawyer. Then you had your failed jocks. These were the kids whose families were like upper middle class. They played some ball and like mommy and daddy were like, well, you know what? You failed everything else. Let's send you to Cooley. And then finally at the court. Court comes into two clicks. The winners and the losers. We know some losers. Um, I went to an event, and this is where things really hit me. I went to an event with somebody who used to work at our firm. It was a... I won't say what type of event it was, but it was an event... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about was an event dealing with a certain area of criminal law. And the guy I'm there with, who was an associate at our firm, he looked up to all these people. There's so-and-so, there's A, there's B, oh my God, they are the best of the best. This was 2016. In 2019, I saw some of those people there in Wayne County doing court-appointed reckless driving cases. And I thought to myself, holy sh this is all subjective, right? 
This is all friggin' subjective. I want to end on a thought. The it crowd. The cool ones. Those groups. I kind of relate it to the Chinese buffet you went to in 1996. If you went to that Chinese buffet in 1996 and you didn't get a second helping, who cares? The Jail Visit with attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo. Connect with McManus and Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800-392-7311. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio. We're going to discuss a recent article that Josh Champlain wrote about what Tom Mankey said to Emily Olsen. And I'm telling you right now, I feel really stable. It's been a while. Guys, I gotta tell you, I had two CSC1s dismissed this week. I didn't even, like, enjoy it. I, like, been, like, whoa. This article is, like, captivated me. I mean, this was some weird stuff, right? Anyway. Let me read, um, a piece of the article. This is what Tom Mankey said, and this was in Josh Champlain's piece. My observation point in the vision was from your back parking lot. It's cold out. Winter. You have a coat on, and you're leaving your store. Your back is to the parking lot, and you are locking the door. A man, 5'10", 50-60-ish, white, neatly dressed, wearing an overcoat and dress hat, walks up to you from the north side. You see him. You know him. You smile, and without saying a word, he shoots you. He calmly walks away and leaves in a dark color vehicle. What? is that? I didn't know if that was like a bad Edgar Allan Poe poem or if that was this poor bastard's premonition. Tom! What's going on, baby? I mean, this is some weird man. (laughs) Tom, before we go any further with this premonition, do you happen to know the power bolt numbers this week? And while you're at it, could you perhaps pick the NFL games with the point spreads? I mean, is Tom Mankey a psychic now? Okay. Um, you know, Tom Mankey and I've had some issues. And I gotta tell you, the dysfunction is like, it's going up on layers. I was thinking about this today. Um, so far, I've dealt with Jeremy Root. Cindy Garber, Brian Boggs, and now Tom Menke. I'm going to give a little analysis of each one of these encounters, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. Um, Jeremy Root was very offended about when we applied for that attorney position, and later he was um he was involved in the COVID money thing. And he may or may not have had an OUIL that was covered up, and he uh, he opened a Lego company with Cindy Garber. 
Cindy Garber was the woman who really was freaking out in the emails and the one that supposedly wasn't wearing underwear at that one city council meeting. I, I wasn't there. Sue Wright told me about that. Brian Boggs is an issue with me. And my biggest problem with Brian Boggs is really, not, it's not the bow tie. Because everybody thinks it's the bow tie. Wade Boggs was a damn good baseball player. I know you don't like Wade Boggs because the whole Yankee thing at the end, but Wade Boggs was a weirdo. When he was having an affair in the 80s, he kicked in teammates' doors to film them having an affair so he would cover himself. He had to eat chicken before every game. So based on Wade Boggs and Brian Boggs, it's like, I have an issue with the Boggs' last name. Damn you, Brian. And now Tom Mankey, who is having premonitions about Emily Olsen getting shot. This is some weird Um... He went further on to say, I no longer can dislike you. I'm on the spiritual side, illegible, and I am now supposed to do everything I can to keep you safe. Maybe you know this, who this could be and change my vision. No matter what you do, just know that God did not give up on you. All right, let me explain what that was. <laughs> did Tom Mickey and God text about this? Holy <laughs> So... Emily Olsen, from what I understand, yeah, she is the council person, and she refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, which I'm kind of shocked right now, because let me say this. I'm surprised somebody won in Shiawassee who didn't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Um... That's like a no-no. I mean, it's not exactly a liberal community out there. She kind of slipped through the goalie right there, right? And apparently Tom Mickey had a real problem with this. That she didn't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. And people said I didn't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. Let me clear that up right now. I have never not stood for the Pledge of Allegiance. Okay? That one picture of me on the knee during the police brutality things on M Live. In the middle of the street, that was based on the Grady L case, but it wasn't actually kneeling against the flag. I grew up on Willow Avenue and I live on Lower Road now. And only in America, the greatest country in the world, could that be possible. So I love our country. I'm disgusted with the politics of it, but I don't agree with somebody not standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. However, I never had premonitions of them getting killed because of such. And that's what it seems like is going on here. I mean, Tom, what happened? I mean, Carl was America's barber. You were the Shiawassee blogger. You had the world by the balls. And now we're having premonitions about this woman who's not standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, this is a weird shit, right? Yeah, I mean, but one more time, guys. I was given a vision, a very detailed vision. Then he gets into the size of the man, the race of the man, what he's wearing, his color vehicle, and he shoots her after she smiles at him. Bro. I mean, you'd be a person of interest sometimes to this poor woman, right? Everybody is. Jesus Christ. Okay. Tom, number one, it's concerning you had this premonition. But perhaps more concerning is you wrote a letter about this premonition and handed it to her. I mean, people have asked me about PPOs. 
and if this is a false threat of terrorism. And let me be extremely clear, because while Tom Mankey is no fan of mine, I will break down the legal ramifications here, okay? As far as is there grounds for a PPO, the answer is no. There was one alleged threat, if you want to call this a threat, more like a psychosis, but okay. One alleged threat, there was no physical violence, and they were not in a dating relationship. So the elements for the PPO are not met there. As far as a false threat of terrorism, I've heard this related to the Dick Maurer case. Okay. I don't believe Dick Maurer should have been charged, but I also don't believe that Tom Mankey should be charged in this. And again, I'm not a fan of Tom Mankey. But for a false threat of terrorism, you have to actually make a threat that you don't intend to follow through on. An example of this would be A threatens to kill B. I'm mad at you, I'm going to blow up your car, and I don't do that. Well, that's the 20-year felony for false threat terrorism. This is more of a man with mental health issues talking about his dream. Maybe it could be perceived as a threat, but that's not the intent of the legislator with a false threat of terrorism. So while I do not like Tom Mankey, I have to stand by my credibility here and say, look, it's not a false threat of terrorism, and it's not valid for a PPO. It's like a strange man is walking up to the line and dancing on it, but he's not actually committing a crime. Perhaps a petition for mental health therapy would be appropriate here. <laughs> I mean, the specifics of his dream that he shares with her, and the fact that... And let me just say this. I've seen some people comment that they commend him for this dream. These are people you don't want to invite to your Sunday barbecue, okay? I'm sorry. I want to see Emily Olsen protected. And I don't believe Tom Mankey is a great person. But I also don't believe he actually wants to kill her. I believe he's having some really weird dreams. And, I mean, this would be amazing stuff, Tom, for a great mental health professional to share with. As opposed to the council when you dreamed of her getting murdered. That's some weird shit. So between Olsen not standing for the Pledge of Allegiance and Mankey having his visions about what's going to happen, there's a lot of dysfunction to go around here. And I'm, I'm confused. I mean, good God. When we applied for that lawyer position for half the money on a part-time basis, one of the things we heard was how liberal I was. Holy shit, dude. I never didn't stand for the flag. I never had dreams such as this. I don't know. He rides his motorcycle a lot, though. Maybe he didn't wear a helmet. When... Maybe when he was a baby, like, they kept touching his head. That could really, you know, you keep petting the child's head when it's like Play-Doh, and it could really mess with their mind. This is some crazy shit, man. Tom. Access to medication. Yeah. When Carl the Barber, I was going to be his lawyer... Tom Mankey was like, well, you need to talk to his handlers. I didn't know a barber had handlers. They went with Calman for like the 30 grand instead of us for zero. Let me say this. I have seen Tom Mankey attack Joe Abera. I've seen him attack Mayor Ken. He's told me in emails how this is not personal. It's just his political views are what's right. You know, it's not personal against these people. Joe Abera is a brilliant mind. 
Angela Bear and I do not agree so much on the criminal justice system. Uh, Mayor Ken, great guy, did great stuff in Duran. Let me be abundantly clear here, okay? We can have difference, a different point of view. We can. It's okay, Tom. You don't have to agree with who I vote with. I don't agree with who you vote with. But, I mean, when you're having premonitions about this woman getting killed, you got to break those Prozacs in half or something, right? I mean, talk to somebody. I'm a big proponent of mental health therapy, and you need some, sir. My God. I don't think he wants to hurt her. I don't think he's committed a crime. But I don't think he's competent here. You know, it's concerning, is it not? But it's not a false threat of terrorism. It's not grounds for a PPO. It is grounds for a petition, because I... If you're having these thoughts, and you write these thoughts out, and you hand them to somebody, while it may not be a threat, I mean, it is concern. Anyway, so... This isn't the first time he's done weird shit, though. No, he... Marlene Webster. Great person. She's Republican District 1. He sent her a Facebook message that if she didn't vote as a member of the Owasso School Board to sell former middle school to a church, she would face God's wrath. Now, I don't know what God's wrath means. Doesn't sound good. It's... Apparently this guy talks to God a lot. Is he real religious? I mean, I don't know. Anyway, let me stop because this is going to go off the rails. What he said to Marlene Webster in the Facebook message was somewhat concerning. That he knows she's going to face God's waps for not selling this property. Ironically, Marlene was one of the ones that had the courage not to fall in line with all the other board members. Now, this woman, Emily Olson, I guess she's got courage, too. Even if you don't agree with her political views, but I mean, Chiawasi, I don't know, like, you don't stand for the Pledge of Allegiance? I don't know, guys. This is really... Between Boggs, Root, Garber, and Mankey, you tell me. I'm not the normal one here. My God! I'm the picture of mental health right now. <laughs> Thought I was crazy with no stand-away motions. Well, guess what? I have a premonition I'm going to win this big trial in a few weeks. I digress. Guys, listen. I want to end on this right now. I can't stress enough that despite whatever differences Tom Mankey and I have, I don't see the elements meant for a false threat of terrorism. I don't see the elements meant for a PPO. I do see a man who is highly unstable. And anybody that's endorsing his premonitions is also highly concerning. And uh, I'm going to end on that right now. Josh Champlain, great article. <laughs> Getting to the bottom of stuff as usual. If you haven't read the article, December 6th, Argus Press, the headline, a local Facebook blogger, <laughs> a local Facebook blogger wrote a letter to the newly elected 
Owasso City Council member who has objected to prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance at city meetings, warning her that she is in danger, and he was sent a vision from God of her being shot while leaving her Owasso business at night. But the blogger says he's only trying to warn her. I mean, that's a hell of a lead, but I hope one day... Josh, next time I come up in an article, if I do, I hope you don't refer to me as the local Facebook blogger. I mean, that's a hell of a way. That's... Imagine your obituary. He was known to write blogs on social media. The Jail Visit with attorney Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo. Connect with McManus and Amadeo at McManusAmadeo.com or call 800-392-7311. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio. What we did was I found several social media comments about cases I'm on and things on YouTube. And I want to respond to these comments. And let me start with this. Now, maybe 5 to 10% of these people actually have a vendetta against me. A lot of these are weirdos that are, like, living in their house, um, not able to really understand life. Like, really strange people with fake IDs and fake names, I should say. Like, Dragon Master 21 talking shit. Who the hell's Dragon Master 21? What really frustrates me, though, is some of these comments. My partner, Matt McMahon, actually likes them on social media. And I said to Matt, why are you liking these comments? He goes, well, there's some good stuff. All right. Comment number one. This was on YouTube. That bald bastard. As much money as he makes, he can't afford a good toupee. All right, let's, let's go with the hair thing. Going at the hair. Let me tell you a story how I found out I was going bald. I was 15 years old. And I was playing outfield on a travel baseball team. And I ran a mile. I was playing left field. I made this diving catch and my hat came off. And I held the ball up with pride. And the, there were people in the stands saying, oh my god. And I thought they were like really impressed with my catch. So he's going bald. And I was like, holy so let me be clear to comment number one about the bald bastard thing. Everybody knows I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Love Seinfeld. And when George went to get a toupee, we'll throw the clip up later. There was a guy there with horrible toupee hair. And it just didn't work for George. George had like this crazy amount of confidence for a while. Then Elaine ripped the toupee off his head. The Seinfeld clip has kept me away from the toupee. And that clip was on at a very young age. I kind of embraced the bald look. I like it. I'm running with it. I just started to own it at a young age. And for somebody on social media to make that comment under a fake profile name. Wouldn't it be funny if they were actually bald themselves? Comment two, YouTube. Get him a drink, exclamation point. He must be drunk. You know, it's funny. I don't drink. Um, I'll tell you a story about this, though. It's funny, because I've been accused of being drunk before, and this is all natural. I was hanging with a few friends in Jersey, and uh, we met this group of girls. And they were all drunk except for me. And I 
one of the girls came up to me. She goes, you know, you're so funny. She goes, you're one of the funniest drunks I've ever met in my life. She goes, and you, I can't believe how much you are drinking. Well, I was drinking like ginger ale and throwing it back. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand. So the first two comments are about me being bald and about me being drunk. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What the hell? Number three. Why does he have to wear a hoodie when he does his lives? Well, this is a Facebook comment, obviously, from a fake profile. Maybe it's one of D Black's alter egos. Maybe it's Brian Boggs. Should I put a bow tie on or something? I don't know. Oh, Jesus. I like the hoodie. And tonight, I just wore a Marilyn Terrapin shirt because I was like, you know what? You want to talk about the hoodie? I'm going no hoodie tonight. I thought going one of two ways. Do I put two hoodies on? Do I stick it up their ass? Or do I not go any hoodie at all? <laughs> I know. It's warm in here. It's cold outside. I don't know. The hoodie was an issue. Alright. Fourth comment. YouTube. Oh, damn! Exclamation points. I bet he failed the bar the first time. Three exclamation points. He tried to protect his client. Three exclamation points. L O L O L O L. Well, you'll find this hard to believe. I actually didn't fail the bar. <laughs> this is a shock to many people, but I actually enjoyed bar prep. Um, licensed in several different jurisdictions, believe it or not. And I actually passed character and fitness in each one of them because I learned that. In PR, you learn about the rules of conflict and when you can do things and when you can't do things. So, that always helped me. Um, I passed the Jersey bar, I passed the Michigan bar, and I was in Cali for a while. You guys know these stories. Oh, snap! Exclamation points for... He didn't say anything when the reporter said that was his job. Exclamation points. Ha ha ha, you rule, reporter. Alright, so, let me tell you. <clears throat> I know what you're talking about. I actually said to that reporter, what do you have, a slow news day? And they cut that off. That really pisses me off. I cannot stand it when the media takes me out of context. I told the guy off! Now you got some moron on YouTube living in his mother's basement, drinking coffee with a fork, who's trying to talk about me. Comment 5. You a fool! Exclamation point 5. Well, thank you for that comment. I am not a fool. We'll move on. He's friends with that district court judge, and that's why that judge never sends his people to prison, exclamation point. So, let me help you out here. I don't know which district court judge you're referring to, but you do understand a district court judge cannot send anybody to prison. Their jurisdiction is limited. So even if I was friends with a district court judge, that is not the reason why him or her would not be sending somebody to prison. The most they can do is a one-year jail cap. So, you see, circuit court is where felonies go. District court is misdemeanors and preliminary exams. Um, I'm glad we settled this. So, Lion Master 12... That's, um, you got your facts wrong.
But, I, you know, I don't need to give you a criminal procedure lesson. I'm sure you're doing very well in life. Next comment. Ha, 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 ha. He pled his client to HYTA. The other lawyer got their client only four years in prison. HYTA, ha, 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 with a 20-year felony. What an idiot. Man. Is this person a professor at Cooley? <laughs> or a... Never mind. I was going to All right, listen. Maybe a research and writing professor at Cooley. Haida is the Home Useful Training Act. And I know the case you're referring to. And when I got that individual a 20-year felony with Haida, they got probation, as opposed to the other lawyer that got the person four years in prison. So Haida actually kept off their record and kept them from jail and prison. So ha, ha, ha. Thank you for that. Next comment. Sounds like he went to Cooley, exclamation points. Wow. I did go to Cooley. Um, I'll tell you a great Cooley story, guys. I could have transferred anywhere in the world. And I stayed at Cooley's. I was told we protect our own. Years later, Cooley would not give me a $15 an hour job in the registrar's office when I was broke. Now Cooley is begging me for $15 donations. <laughs> All right. Next. Oh, he's so cool with his Jersey accent, exclamation point four, ass, exclamation point four. I don't know, man. I mean, they're making fun of my talk, my hair. This is messed up. I do have a Jersey accent, and I kept the Jersey number. <laughs> oh, exactly. God, it's just hurtful. Next. He's protecting people charged with crimes. Exclamation points. What an ass. So, um, listen, as a criminal defense lawyer, the job description is to try to protect those charged with crimes. So, sorry, West Helm 12. Next, I went to law school with him, a true piece of sh well, I don't know who this is, but obviously that Cooley degree is working well for you if you got that much free time. If they got it. So, yes, I... Next comment. Trump supporter! Exclamation points. Well, I can't believe that prosecutors are chiming in on this. Okay, first of all, I'm not a Trump supporter. But Trump did tell me to go to law school. I understand. There's always these views. I don't understand this. Like, I, everybody knows I'm too conservative for Ann Arbor and too liberal for Shiawassee. I don't fit in anywhere, so I fit in everywhere. My God. I'm not a Trump supporter. He didn't tell me to go to law school. So blame Trump for those not guilty verdicts. Jesus. He talks sh about you of M, exclamation point for, good luck ever becoming a judge, ha ha ha. Well, Matt may become a judge. I don't want to take a pay cut. So, what do you Don't ever contact me again, Amadeo. Who, who is this? 
it is. So I, I, I guess I won't contact you. Um, I'll tell you one thing, and I, I want to say something to somebody that's tuning in right now, who talked a lot of one of my clients. He went on and on like a little social media tirade with his whiny little commentaries. And then when I contacted him, please don't ever contact me again. God, why is it about keyboard warriors? Most of these people wouldn't say this to your face, you know? I could talk about your client. But if you say something to me, I'm going to go tell the police you're stalking me. No, dude, I just comment it. Do you want to have a discussion? I mean, when did people lose their balls? Are there any, like, real men out there right now? Jesus. I know. The old-fashioned telephone tough guy. Good God. You know, I gotta tell you. When somebody makes a fake profile or talks about you on Facebook, I don't know. It's just, I'm flattered that I'm not important to you people. You know, I really am. I mean, these poor idiots. Like I said, I mean, for all I know, it's possibly one guy just keeps making fake profiles. I would appreciate if Matt McMath not like some of these comments. I understand. I understand. Oh, man. It's tough. Well, my bull that Jersey speaking ass is going to call it a night. I appreciate um, the comments and the free press, and I only picked 14. I mean, we could have been here all night with some of this stuff, but these were good. These were good, especially you fool. All right. I'll pull off the tail. I approve this. The proceeding was a paid presentation by McManus and Amadeo PLLC. Listeners of this program should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. No listener should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information within this program without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation. Listening to this program using any associated website or related links or resources does not create an attorney-client relationship between the listener and host, contributors, or contributing law firms. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this program are hereby expressly disclaimed. You and your loved ones deserve a criminal defense firm that believes that your life and freedom are worth fighting for. Matt McManus, Bill Amadeo, and the McManus and Amadeo team of attorneys, investigators, and case managers will take the lead with a vast knowledge and legal experience across the state of Michigan to get the best possible result for you. Learn more at McManusAmadeo.com. Schedule a free consultation 24-7 by calling 800-392-7311.